0: Ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to another Ask Zach. Today, we're going to talk about prepping for the gig, getting prepared for the almighty gig—the uh, what we all strive to do—you know, play out and uh, and make a good impression and get to continue to work as a musician. So uh, I'm going to hit on uh, just the the preparation as far as the music, the equipment, everything. And uh, yeah, we're going to have fun. So while you're thinking about it, and if you haven't done it already, please go down in the corner and subscribe. If you've already subscribed, then I really appreciate you supporting the show because that's what keeps this content going. So there's tip jar information in the description. Then at AskZack.com, there's merch like this Fender you know, kind of blueprint t-shirt, uh, also, you can find out about Friends of Ask Zach, which is a way to support the channel on a monthly basis, and that's a, a huge help. So thank you to everyone that has done that. All right. So first, the why. So, you know, of course, I've I've been gigging since I was in my in my teens, and, uh, you know, of course, you learn a lot by your mistakes. And so I've made a lot of mistakes through the years, and it always has to do with not being prepared and uh, not being ready with your gear or not ready musically so through the years i've kind of developed some habits and uh so i'm just gonna pass those on um you know in the last like year and a half i have not like most i have not gigged as much but i do get you know calls every once in a while so of course i had the uh you know gig that i played down on broadway uh earlier this year and then just recently I got a call from my friend Paul Bogart to go play a couple of casino shows with him in Tulsa. Now, just to kind of give you a little information on Paul, Paul is a wonderful artist, uh, very much in the classic country kind of but also real cowboy rodeo guy. So, Paul, you know, is you know is, has won you know trophies and such as a uh, as a roper, and uh, he's a, a wonderful artist. He's a great songwriter, and you know I've had the pleasure of playing with him off and on over the last you know about thirteen years. So I was his full time guitar player before my children were born, and then you know when things got real serious, working for True Tone, and I had children, and it wasn't really, didn't make sense for me to take vacation time to go play gigs and also be away from my babies, I stopped playing with Paul. And, uh, but I've been very lucky in that I've been kind of his, uh, his first string backup guitar player for the last 12 or 13 years. So what that means is about every, every year or two, I get to play a handful of gigs with him. And, uh, it's a lot of fun, but also it's, uh, it's, uh, it, you know, it has its challenges because it's a lot of material to learn and then just fit in with the band. Cause usually when I've played these gigs, there's never been any rehearsal at all. I'm basically there to fill the slot that the, the other guitar player, who's a professor at Belmont, uh, named Nick. So when Nick Palmer is out I get to fill in for him, which means basically I need to just fit in that slot and basically be him. And so part of the, part of being able to do the, the gig right is understanding what the expectations are. And so I kind of walk into it knowing that, you know, that's what I'm supposed to do. So uh, so I, I try to uh, get, uh, you know, set lists and I get all the music And if they have charts, I get all the charts. And so I was very lucky in that, uh, he has a lot of number charts for his songs. And that, that is extremely helpful. And, uh, basically I start diving in and really working on the tunes. Now, this is a casino gig, uh, playing two nights in Tulsa. And because of that, it's three one hour sets. So three hours of music is a lot of stuff. Now, luckily, uh, you know, a good portion of that is, you know, cover tunes. So playing things like Ring of Fire, Working Man Blues, you know, Little Sister, uh, you know, King of the Road, Roger Miller, uh, some Western Swing things and stuff like that, all, the, all those things are way up my alley. And uh, things that I know and things that I can easily brush up on and, and know those, you know, classic licks. The harder part, of course, is his original tunes. Uh, now, some of them I've played through the years, but, you know, of course, every year he's writing new material and releasing another album. So I'm always having to relearn the, you know, the the, the original material and, of course, learn new original material. So what I do is I get charts and I start listening to these songs like crazy. So I start, I want these songs to be kind of second nature where I can hear them in my head all the time so that when he calls the tune, I can hear that intro in my brain, okay? Then I'm looking at the charts. Uh, if there's not a chart, I'm, I'll make a chart, which sometimes it's actually better to have to make your own charts because you know it makes you really listen more intently. Uh, Another thing that I will do is uh of course more recently I've used this Fender Mustang Micro which is really neat because you can stream stuff from your phone into it. So that way I can have my headphones in and late at night, you know, when the kids are asleep and and stuff like that, I can I can keep practicing on the songs at night. And that's really helpful. So you know, this has been a, uh, a a wonderful tool. So all of Paul's tunes are on Spotify, you know, because they're legitimate albums, and uh, then I can just play along with them and uh, and and figure out the parts that uh, <laughs> that I need to play. Now, another aspect of this, which you have to find out from the artist or or your, the client, is what is the actual instrumentation of the gig going to be? Okay, so that has to do with how many players are there gonna be? What parts do I need to cover? Also, you have the additional kicker of, you know, kind of part of that is, are we gonna be playing with tracks or not? So, some of you probably aren't familiar with this, but in Nashville circles, and probably New York and LA too, it's pretty common to have additional tracks going on. So you might have a five-piece band, but then there might be some additional uh, acoustic guitar, steel guitar, uh, some background vocals, things like that, maybe some shaker, uh, different things like that. And uh, so you need to to know, are there going to be tracks? And if there's tracks, Then you need to know all the kickoffs, you know, how the kickoff is going to go on the track because it's going to be coming through your ears and all of a sudden you're going to hear, you know, better with my baby. One, two, three, and then you just have to, (laughs) you just have to kick it. And if you mess up, they have to turn the track off or it's going to be a complete train wreck where the, the track starts running against, you know, what everyone else is playing. So, again, you have to find out what instrumentation is going to be there. Because, you know, you're hearing these tracks, and again, when I say tracks, I'm talking about the original recordings. You're hearing the original recordings, and you're learning that, and you're looking at the charts. But then, how many instruments are actually going to be on the gig? Well, I was very glad that I asked that question, because uh, I found out that uh, normally he runs as a five-piece, which means drums bass, acoustic guitar, fiddle, and electric. Well, there's not gonna be a fiddle player on this run, so that means it's drums, bass, acoustic guitar, and me. Okay? So that leaves the artist who's playing acoustic guitar is uh, is having to uh, you know carry part of the chordal aspect and I am too and there's not another lead instrument besides me so that means I've got every kickoff and every solo on every song all night so for 3 hours you know it's uh, it's on me so that that puts you know more pressure but also it's good to know that beforehand instead of running into the gig And all of a sudden thinking the fiddle player is going to kick off this song. And then all of a sudden you realize there's no fiddle player and you haven't prepared beforehand. So very important that you find out, you know, uh, who, who's going to be there and what parts am I covering? Okay. Then you also have the, the question of are we using monitors like wedges or are we using in-ears? Because of course, if you're using in-ears, you need to have your in-ear monitors. Uh, You you also need to think about your equipment and the venue. It's like, what size venues are these? How big are the stages? Because you might be thinking, well, I'm going to take my stereo amp setup and I'm going to have them, you know, and they sound so sweet when I get them, you know, eight feet apart and angled in at me. Well, that stereo setup might not sound so great when the amps are inches away from each other on a very small stage. So that's another important question to ask. Is you know what are, what are the venues like? You know, am I going to be using in ears or wedges? And those help you know tell you you know what you need to take. So let kind of that's kind of transitions us into equipment. So for this gig with Paul Bogart, um, I'm you know fortunate, and basically I need a Telecaster. I need a Telecaster. I need a simple pedal board and an amp, which of course is straight up my alley. So one, uh, with the telly, I'm going to take this, you know, 57 Esquire, but also I'm going to take a backup guitar because no one has time for you to change a string. If you bust a string on your one guitar and, and you're going to make everyone look bad. So you have to have a backup guitar. It has to be in tune. It has to be on the stage. It has to be ready for you to just grab and plug in and go. Now, you also have to have extra strings and picks and all that sort of thing. Also, you know, for this gig, I need uh, capos and slides. So because of that, you know, I'm going to have an extra slide and an extra capo. Why? Because these are the things that you are most likely to leave on stage someplace. And then you get to the next show and you don't have it. So you've got to have an extra capo. You've got to have an extra slide because those things are essential for this. Okay, amp. I'm not I haven't dis, I haven't landed on which amp. I'm probably either going to take this Vox amp or the or my old 65 Deluxe Reverb, you know, but then then that for the main slot, but then I'm going to take a backup amp. So I may take the Tone Master, the Blonde Tone Master Deluxe, that may be the backup amp, or I may take the Vox and the Deluxe Reverb, one or the other. So I'm still, you know, kind of figuring that out. But again, no one has time for your amp to go down. And it doesn't make any sense for me to, you know, bring extra tubes or speakers and stuff like that. I mean, you might do that if you're on like a big tour, but, you know, there's no time for that. You know, so I'm just going to have two amps. So if anything goes wrong, you know, I just plug in from one amp to the other and I will have the other amp on the stage. I've checked it during sound check; It's ready to go. All I have to do is move, you know, the input jack from one amp to the other and move the microphone from one amp to the other. And then we can keep going. Cause no one has time for you to troubleshoot anything. You cannot troubleshoot anything on the gig ever. You can't do it. Okay. Pedal board wise, you know, I'll, you know, I'll have, you know, probably the Mastortion and a delay and a tremolo pedal, maybe one or two other things. And then as a backup for that, because if anything goes wrong with your pedal board, again, you can't troubleshoot it on the gig. So, you know, in the short term, I would just run to the amp, but also I will have a backup overdrive and a, uh, that has a battery in it, and a backup delay pedal that has a battery in it, like an analog. I'll probably take like my Boss DM2, and I'll have those that if anything happens, I can just grab those, put them on the floor because that's all I need to be able to, co- to cover what you know what's on the show. It's like I'm, I have to have an overdrive pedal, and delay is really nice to have to fatten up things. So, so that's just part of you know being responsible and being you know professional is having all your gear in order, you know, I will make sure that everything's intonated well, that there's nothing wrong with either of the guitars that I'm taking. Of course, I'll have plenty of strings, plenty of picks, and uh, yeah, and that will make the show go smoother. And then I will prepare like crazy, try, you know, knowing the tunes backwards and forwards. I'm, when I'm not practicing the tunes, I'm listening to the tunes in the car. So when I go down to True Tone, when I go to the office, when I'm riding around by myself, I'm listening to those songs because I want them to be as second nature as possible because, um, you know, Paul is a is a friend and a, a wonderful artist and uh, I want it to be a good experience for him and me and for the other guys in the band because also it's stressful for band guys when all of a sudden you've got a fill-in player. So think about having the same guitar player in your band for years and then all of a sudden there's going to be a new guy and there's no rehearsal or anything you're going to get a sound check and then you're going to get to play two shows so that's what I'm walking into so but I'm excited and uh, it's it's going to be fun and uh yeah and so I'll do a uh, I'm going to try to uh, shoot you know some footage if I can you know sometimes casinos are funny about those kind of things about filming and everything but I'm going to try to shoot a little, you know, maybe with my iPhone or something like that. So you can see some footage of me, you know, playing with a band and, uh, you know, we'll put some of that in a, uh, a follow-up episode. And, uh, I think, I think that'll be, be fun. So, all right. So they're kind of my, uh, keys to, uh, to being prepared, which is basically belt and suspenders and, uh, being prepared musically and being prepared with your equipment so that, uh, yeah, yeah. So that uh, Paul is happy with me, and, uh, and I continue to get called to play with him. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.